You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with some samples. You guys, allergies suck and it really sucks when my nose is all stuffed up. I can't do anything. I can't even enjoy dinner because I can't taste my food. I can't work out because I feel so tired and I'm out of it and just forget getting ahead on recording the show because I sound so stuffy. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've honestly been using Claritin D for my allergies forever and it's always been my go-to. I know when spring hits, I won't have to worry about my eyes watering like crazy and my nose running like a faucet. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. everybody welcome back to our podcast this is murder with my husband i'm peyton morland and i'm garrett morland and he's the husband i'm the husband we have a couple shout outs to give to some podcasts that very kindly mentioned us in some of their episodes so i want to give a shout out to the podcast lacking fundamentals it's a comedy podcast for people who just want to shut their brains off at the end of a long day these two guys are hilarious, um, and they truly show the joy of lacking fundamentals in their own lives. <laughs> um, and then the other podcast is a political news radio podcast. It's called it's called the Neil and Julie Show, and yeah, that's also a really good one. Now I'm not gonna lie; both of these podcasts are my parents' podcasts. I don't think we're that cool. <laughs> But I did have to give him a shout out if, you know, your husband or your wife kind of likes the opposite of what we're talking about. These are two very different podcasts from what we're talking about. And I think they're awesome. Yeah. Um, I was thinking while you were saying all that, it's kind of weird that we're only doing one a week. Because yeah. I just feel like we haven't done one in so long, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I want to thank everyone for being understanding about us moving to once a week. Um, and also don't forget that if you want more than one a week, share the podcast with your friends and family. Give us a quick shout out on wherever you connect with friends online. Leave us a review. The more exposure that we can get, the better this podcast can grow. Exactly. And the more we can do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, our English listener never did reach out to us, but they did listen to the episode where I completely botched every word. Same thing with our German listener or oh, listeners, because yeah. I think we actually have multiple now with the German murder that we yeah, did. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And I've had a couple people reach out and be like, hey, did the English listener ever hear your accent? Did the German listener ever listen? And I was like, they both did, but I don't think either have reached out. So, hey, you guys, um, even our American listeners want to hear from you. It's not just us. So get <laughs> to it. At least just follow us on Instagram or Facebook. That's yeah. all we want. And, and like, just shoot me a DM because I'm not, I don't know. Sometimes if you're private, I can't really figure out where you are. That's true. Um, we all, we have almost hit a hundred followers. Oh yeah. Which is pretty cool. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, I think that's all I had to cover. Awesome. Let's, should we just get into it? Yeah. First, Sounds I just want to give... Credit where credit is due. I got my information from murderpedia.org, thelineup.com, allthatsinteresting.com, thevintagenews.com, and a YouTube channel called Obsolete Oddity. 
and he has quite a few subscribers and he just kind of covers stuff like this he does like an amazing amazing job so if you kind of want to watch stuff and not just listen i would suggest looking him up if you're into that sort of thing that's awesome so this story dives deep into the social class divide that we see but that we also saw even more apparent and uncared for in our historic times. We see the mistreatment and hardship that came with being lower class in this story. And although this still happens today, I do like to believe that we as a society have gotten better at seeing human life as equal. And I hope that this story can further push this narrative for us and we can learn from our mistakes. And I just wanted to get that out of the way. Okay. So this is the story of the Pappin sisters. And this one is kind of well-known. I mean, if you're really into this stuff. So I'm interested to see how many people have heard this one before. Yeah. So in the early 1900s, two sisters were born into a turbulent and unstable family. Christine, the older of the two, was born in 1905 and Leah, the younger one, was 1911. Right from the start, their childhood was troubled. Their mother, Clements was said to have had affairs with men that she worked for and their father Gustav was not happy about I mean okay first let's address these names like those are (laughs) awesome this is the early 1900s um anyways so their father Gustav is not happy about it and they fought intensely Gustav being an abusive alcoholic so right from the start it was pretty rocky for them Clements and Gustav actually had their first child Amelia in 1901 before Christine and Leah And they seemed to actually take care of her somewhat, but when Christine came around about four years later, it seemed too much for them to bear. Mm. And Clements, the mother, was said to be like unsuited for motherhood. And so she eventually just gave Christine to her aunt, Gustav's sister. Just because they liked being alone together? Well, they already had one kid, but I think one kid was enough. Got it. And their relationship was kind of rocky. Okay. So Leah, who was born six years later, and... They decided that they would parent her too. So now they have two kids and the other one's living with the aunt. It wasn't until Clemens found out that Gustav had raped their oldest daughter, Amelia, who was only 10 at the time that she decided to file for divorce. Oh my gosh. So Clemens wasn't just upset with her husband though for the rape. She also expressed anger towards Amelia, claiming that she had seduced her father into having sex with her. Keep in mind, she was 10. Yeah. So there's some, this mom is not very fit to be a mother. Like Apparently, uh uh-huh. So because of this, Clements decided to send Amelia, the 10-year-old, to the convent of Les Bons Pasteur, which was a place where badly behaved children could be raised by nuns. Mm -hmm. So it was basically like a Catholic orphanage. And this place showed discipline and harshness to the extreme Think of like the stories you've heard of like atrocious places where adults basically abuse children and chalk it up to like raising them right. Uh huh. It's kind of like that situation. I don't know how many people will get this reference, but it kind of reminds me of this is a little far, but Nacho Libre when he's like, you know, he's raised by nuns. I don't know why that's the first thing that came to my mind when when he said raised by nuns has nothing to do with murder or anything but i've never seen nacho okay i'm sure maybe our listeners haven't but (laughs) i don't know just keep going that's a crack okay so um she also pulled christine from the loving care of the aunt who had been taking care of her and sent her to the orphanage with amelia she was feeling angry at everyone apparently she thought i'm gonna discipline and punish these kids for being horrible to me even though they hadn't done anything. I'm going to send them to this place that's going to be so hard. So Clements obviously decided that she no longer wanted to be a mom and her children having betrayed her in her head. So she also sent Leah, the youngest and last of her children, to live with her great uncle. So now she has no more kids at home. She sent the older two to the orphanage and the younger one to live with an uncle. She obviously just didn't want kids. Yeah, and (laughs) she just divorced Gustav. Yeah. So although the environment at the um, Catholic orphanage was strict and harsh, um, Amelia and Christine seemed to flourish in the environment, actually. Stability and expectations seemed exactly what they needed coming from a place of extreme violence and abuse. Wow. When Amelia came of age, she took vows and actually became a nun herself. And Christine wanted to follow exactly in her footsteps. Like when she came of age, she was like, I'm going to take the vows and I'm going to become a nun too. 
When all of this information got back to Clements, the mom, she was completely outraged, feeling further betrayed by the fact that her plan of punishment um, turned into a good thing for her two daughters. So she decided to pull them out of the convent as soon as they were old enough to get a job and give the money to her. So then she no longer saw them as children, pissed off that they're flourishing in this place. She's like, I'm going to pull them out and make them go to work and give me the money. Surprised she could just do that. It's the early 1900s. True. Okay. So she expected them to work as live-in maids, which I think she had been doing as well. So when she was able to, she couldn't get Amelia out because she was already too old, but she got Christine out of the orphanage and she forced her to find work in the middle-class households of their place living in France. Um, it was called Le Mans. Le Mans. How's it spelled? L-E space M-A-N-S. Oh. Le Mans. Yeah, maybe. There you go, baby. Good job. <laughs> we were just, me and Garrett were actually just talking about this whole thing the other day um, about how everyone used to have maids. Like mm-hmm. it was this... They're working for middle class households and it was just expected if you yeah. weren't in the lower class that you had a maid. That just sucks. That's yeah, a weird concept. <laughs> yeah. So Christine did very well as a live-in maid um, due to the lifestyle of order that she had been taught at Le Bon Pasteur and all of the employers that she worked for seemed to like her very much. Like she was strict. She was a hard worker. She got everything done. All the kids seemed to really thrive off this structure. Just yeah. any type of structure mm-hmm. they received because they never got it growing up. Yeah. And so Clements, her mother, on the other hand, was distraught about the amount of money her daughter was bringing in when she would hear the employers like say she was so good and everything, feeling like it should be higher. So she would she kept making um, Christine quit. Like she'd get a job and then they wouldn't pay her more. And so then she'd make her quit and go find a new one. And so Christine just kept getting thrown into these different live-in maid positions with all these different middle-class families in France. Poor girl. Yeah. So it was around this time that Clements realized that she could actually get her youngest daughter back from her great uncle and put her to work with Christine as well. Like thinking, I could just make double the money off of these girls. So she gets them. And the two sisters start to grow a very close bond, spending all of their free time together. They're giving all the money to their mom and they do the same exact job and they haven't seen each other their whole lives basically. And so they just get this really tight bond. They're best friends, Mm -hmm. really making up for the time that they had missed in their early years of life. In 1926, Christine was 21 at this point and Leah was 15. Keep in mind, Christine is 21 and still sending her paychecks to her mom. Yeah, how, why? Like, how's that? Well, I mean, we're in France and we're in the early 1900s. I don't think there was much, like, much structure. Also, keep in mind, you lived with your family for a long time back then. Like, families just lived together Mm. forever. So, it probably wasn't that weird that she was sending her checks. So, then how old was the... The oldest one. Amelia? One, yeah, how old's Amelia? I mean, she's I mean, probably not in the story anymore. I think anymore. she's like 25 because she was only okay. four years older than Christine. And Got it's it. 1926 now. Okay. So Christine locked down a job as a live-in maid and a cook for the Lancelin family. The family consisted of Renee, who's the dad, and Leonie, who's the mom. And then they had two daughters. One had moved out and was married and living with the husband. And then another daughter, Genevieve. How'd that sound? That was good. Um, And she lived at home (laughs) with her two parents. So it was one kid, one daughter, two parents, and then Christine was their live-in maid. Okay, you guys, the weather's getting warmer, so it's time to put away the jackets and sweaters and bring out the shorts and the tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe, not just for the season, but for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily, I found quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. And I'm going to be honest, one of the outfits I'm wearing to our live show is from quince. That's what I'm talking about. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. Washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They actually partner directly with top factories, so Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman um, and passes the savings on to you. So, like I said, I just bought one of their silk skirts for the live show, and I'm so excited. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com husband for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com husband to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com husband. Fast forward to the end of 2024, think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Hola. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. So a lot of people don't know that Garrett is actually fluent in Spanish, so I feel like I wanted to keep up my game and my goal is to be able to have a conversation with Garrett fully in Spanish by the end of the year and I feel like I probably will hit that. Plus Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. This is the hard part for me. Here's a special limited time deal for you guys right now. Get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription but only for you guys at babbel.com slash husband. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash husband spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash husband. Rules and restrictions may apply. Taking charge of my health is all about being super conscious of what I fuel my body with. Whether it's food or supplements, I'm constantly on the lookout for the top choices. And that's why I'm stoked to share with all of you Thorn. Thorn takes a personalized, innovative, and scientific approach to health and wellness with their supplements. They manufacture all their supplements in the U.S. using top-notch ingredients sourced globally. Plus, they team up with leading medical professionals to bring you highly effective nutritional supplements. Whether it's their B-complex, creatine, magnesium, or basic prenatal, Thorn's got all the supplements I need to help promote and maintain my health goals. You guys, I'm actually taking the B-complex vitamins every single morning, and I feel like it enhances my energy and mood, especially if we've been eating a little bit unhealthy. With Thorn, we never have to question what's in each supplement because they go the extra mile when it comes to quality, manufacturing, and ingredients. Give your body what it really needs with Thorn. Go to thorn.fit slash husband and use code husband for 10% off your first order. That's T-H-O-R-N-E dot F-I-T slash husband code husband for 10% off your first order. Thorn dot fit slash husband code husband. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Christine convinced Leonie, the mom, to hire her little sister Leah as a chambermaid after only a few months of service for the family. A chambermaid as in like a prison in the basement chamber? Or? No, a maid who cleans bedrooms and bathrooms, especially in a hotel. Okay. So I think she just took care of all the rooms. Okay. And... Christine, and so they do it. They hire Leah. And so Christine and Leah are like completely ecstatic about their new conditions. They finally are going to live together in a house that's not with their mom and they're going to work and they're going to get to spend all of their time together. And it's said that they never really even left the Lancelin family house. They would go to church on Sunday and that was about it. They spent all of their time together at the house in like every other day of the week. And at some point during this, the Papin sisters visited a local fortune teller who told them that they had been married as a husband and a wife in a previous life. And that's why their connection was so deep. Mm, Okay. So according to Obsolete Oddity, the YouTube channel, local people commented on the odd behavior of the sisters calling them cold and distant and just weird. Like they brought, they, they just like made people feel uncomfortable. Huh. Um, So despite these whispers, though, the Lancelins were very pleased with the work of the two sisters, finding themselves lucky to have found maids who didn't care to go find husbands. They weren't courting and they didn't even go out for fun. Like they just stayed home the only time they go out for church and they worked excruciating hours for the family, never taking time off. Other households at the time around in this like town were jealous of the Lancelins and the servants that they had, like calling them wow. the luckiest family because of how hard workers the girls were. I guess that makes sense 
because they had each other. So they were like, why do we need to go out? And they were each other's whole life at this point. Yeah. That's crazy. So the sisters got along fairly well with the family. Um, It was kind of a big deal. They were given a heated room in the house, which a lot of live-in maids weren't. Mm. And they were actually being paid like the standard minimum wage for the time, which a lot of maids were paid under. So they were also very grateful for the job because it was a pretty good job. According to Obsley Oddity again, when Leone found out that the girls were sending their paychecks to their mother, she immediately put a stop to it. And the girls kind of referred to the Lancelin family as their family. They Uh felt that they were treated pretty well as servants. And they didn't talk a lot to the family. Like it's kind of, I saw in a couple sources that the only time the mother, Leone, would talk to them and give them orders was on a piece of paper. So like they never actually talked in person to their masters, I guess you could say. They were just... It was just like a very cordial relationship. They got, were treated well and they worked hard for them and that was it. It wasn't like a, like this big old family unit. so interesting. Yeah. So just don't get that misconstrued. Okay. That was a good clarification. So as time goes on though, it's rumored that Leone started to struggle with mental illness a little bit. It's said that due to these untreated struggles, she started to take things out on the Pappen sisters and actually started to talk to them, but wasn't talking to them nice, started to criticize their work. Mental illness as in depression or? They didn't clarify, but I'm I'm guessing something. Yeah. So she forced them to work longer hours around 14 hours a day. She would make them work. They couldn't go to their rooms Mm -hmm. until they had finished 14 hours. And she had immaculate expectations for them. She, she started putting on these white gloves and walking around and like brushing the furniture to make sure there was no dust on it. And if it was, they would get in big trouble. So she even began to physically assault and abuse the sisters, punishing them for their bad work that they had been doing. So the real, like, what was once everyone was jealous and so envious is, not. is now turning into a very what we see so dominating. Why, why wouldn't they just leave the sisters, right? Why would they just be like, um, I'm going to leave? So because they've quit so many others, you feel like they'd be which their used mom to made them true. Um, but they were lower class, which I mean, it's not like they just had every option. It was probably like, well, we have a job, we get paid well. Yeah. And they had been with them for about seven years. Oh, so that's a long time. it wasn't just like, oh, it's been two years. And, you know, like seven years yep. is a long time to live somewhere and think this has been seven years of these girls never leaving, never talking to anybody else, just being never even talking to the people that they lived with. It was only them two. They only spoke to each other. So on February 2nd, 1993, the Lancelin family had a day like any other day. Renee, the father, went to the office and Leonie and Genevieve went shopping for the day. (laughs) Um, The family had plans to go to dinner that night at a family friend's house. And so when Mr. Lancelin arrived home from work that night to pick up his daughter and his wife to go to the dinner, he found that the front door to their home was bolted shut from the inside, which he thought was weird because he thought he was picking him up. Yeah. Um, sorry, before we keep going, do you know what the husband thought of this? Like his wife abusing them and being mean to them. So it it said that the husband never, the wife wouldn't let the husband and the maids communicate. So they never ever were in the same room with him alone or anything like that. Okay. And you know what it kind of sounds like? What? Um, handsmaids. Handsmaids tell A little bit, you know, a little uh bit. Yeah. It it was kind of like that though. Like they didn't, they wouldn't. Interesting. For that reason, for Mm -hmm. adultery. It was for that exact reason. Makes sense. So he also notices that all of the lights in the house were off except for one flickering from the maid's rooms, which he didn't find odd because they're home. Mm -hmm. And so Renee thought that maybe his wife and daughter had already left to the dinner plans on their own and were just expecting him to meet them there. And so he got back in his car and he made his way to the dinner party. Upon arriving at the family friend's house, he walked in hoping to see his family, but the hosts informed him that they had not come yet. And so like... Hmm. startled like well then yeah who why weren't they answering the door why was the door locked why were all the lights off he gets back in his car bringing his friend along with him and one of the sources said the friend was a brother-in-law but it only said on one source so i'm not i don't know for sure. sure okay and they go back to their house to find the wife and daughter thinking okay maybe they were just waiting in the house and i just didn't 
Like I just left assuming, right? And so they get to the home and he knocks on the door and nobody answers. And he just keeps knocking and nobody answers. And so at this point, he's a little Uh freaked out. He's like, well, where could they be? And so they get in contact with the police and like thinking maybe the police can get into the house, right? So once the police arrive, they find their way in and they stumble upon one of the grisliest crime scenes that they had ever seen. So a couple of things before you go forward. Why didn't the husband just break into his own house? I mean... I don't know, like the the police didn't even break in the front door. It said they like climbed over a garden wall, something, and got okay. in. Also, it was a town home. It was like oh. a row of homes. Okay, got it. If that mm-hmm. makes a difference, yeah, I that, don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Oh, no. So keep yeah. going. Okay. So let's bounce back earlier that day when Leonie and Genevieve arrived home from shopping. They walked in and into their house. They walked into their house and all of the lights were off. Their electricity was not working. So Christine rushes down to explain to Leonie that they had plugged in an iron and that it had blew the circuit. And Leonie bursts into a violent rage attacking Christine. Like she just flipped. In self-defense, Christine fought back and Leah, her little sister, came running down the stairs after hearing the commotion. Keep in mind, Leah's only 15. Yeah. According to allthingsinteresting.com, when Genevieve hopped in on the action trying to defend her mom, Christine screamed to Leah to smash Leonie's head into the ground and tear her eyes out. Oh my gosh. So this is when self-defense turned into something else. Yeah. Doing as she was told, Leah literally gauged gauged Leonie's eyes out with her bare hands. Yeah. Like a whole eyeball popped out. Oh my gosh. Christine, now fighting the sister, Genevieve, did the exact same. When we started podcasting, an online store was honestly the furthest thing from our minds. But now we're selling Murder With My Husband merch, and it's so easy because we use Shopify. And we really do. We use Shopify to sell our merch. I've been using Shopify for years, so it is absolutely amazing, easy to use, so intuitive. I love it. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And it's great because they grow with you. So whether you're just launching your shop or you've just hit a million orders, they are there every step of the way. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. We've actually tried a couple other platforms before we started using Shopify to sell our merch and Shopify is just the best. Um, I've been using it for years, like I've said, and I just love having control over it and being able to do what I want. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash husband. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash husband now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash husband. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So like we all have stuff that stresses us out, right? Whether it's big or small, it can really get to us if we keep it all inside. And therapy is a safe space to just let it all out and figure out how to deal with the stuff that's weighing us down. And I am such a huge advocate for therapy. It truly has changed my life for the better. I could go on and on. I feel like I have the tools now to handle panic attacks or just major stressors in life and also a safe space to say whatever I need to say to an unbiased party. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash husband today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash husband. All right, you guys, Audible is your one-stop app for all things audio entertainment, from bestsellers and the latest releases to celebrity memoirs and gripping mysteries. Audible's library is brimming with countless genres to love and new discoveries to make. Dive into an unparalleled selection of audiobooks and explore exclusive Audible originals brought to life by top celebrities, renowned experts, and fresh voices. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog in 
including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Plus, you can enjoy unlimited access to a growing selection of audiobooks, Audible originals, and podcasts such as with my husband. Honestly, I love Audible because I will get into a story while I'm cleaning or driving. Sometimes I get so hooked listening to a story, I just end up finding new places to clean or just end up sitting in my car, which drives Garrett nuts, but I'm out there sitting there. New members can explore Audible free for 30 days. Also this March through May, the Audible sweep you into a realm of intrigue and suspense with their mystery and thriller collection, featuring exclusive new thrillers from their best-selling authors. Their selection is designed to captivate and surprise, ensuring your heart rate remains as elevated as your imagination. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. That's audible.com MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. So now they've pulled both of the eyeballs out of the mother and daughter with their bare hands. Holy crap. Yeah. So somewhere in the attack, Christine smashed a pewter jug over the head of Leone. And that, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like kind of like a Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. Like, what's that called? A Kool-Aid jar? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. And when she did it, she yelled, I'm going to massacre them. So keep in mind, these girls have been isolated for seven years. Only talking to each other, working as maids whose masters won't even talk to them and for the last couple of years had been physically assaulting them. Yeah. So this is where their heads are at. That is crazy. Once the Lancelins were lying down, obviously completely blind and helpless because their eyeballs had just been scratched out of their head, the Pappen sisters then retrieved a hammer and a knife and continued to attack them. So it was no longer self-defense. No, they, it was like getting anger out, resentment, uh-huh. whatever it may be. So the murder of Leone and her daughter Genevieve went on for two hours. So it was way past a murder. Like these girls were messed up in the head at this point. And the Pappen sisters bludgeoned the pair until they were rendered unrecognizable. So they were just to the cutting max. them apart. And, mm-hmm. Oh my The gosh. sisters mutilated the bodies. I'm not going to go into detail of what they did because it's intimate, so you can find those online if you want. Okay. And one of the sisters said later that they were they opened a recipe book and followed a recipe from a rabbit dish that was in the cookbook um, using the bodies as the rabbit. So, like, think about a turkey, how you'd, like, cut it open, oh stuff gosh. it. That's kind of what they it's were doing. It's like, what's that other murder? Yes, like oh. Catherine Mary Knight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, she said that they prepped the bodies like they were prepping a rabbit for a rabbit dish. So, so that's, they were just playing with the, the dead bodies at this point. It, do like you think completely messed up. Do you think it's because they were like in isolation for so long? Like what, cause I were do. they, were they pretty normal at this nun at this? What was that place called again? The, the, the Catholic orphanage. Yeah. The Catholic orphanage. I think so. But also I think normal is a hard word because yeah, I agree. the early 1900s, a Catholic orphanage is not going to be a healthy and place. They weren't raised very well no i guess it's the best way to put it i mean i'm not making excuses at all yep but if you think about their past and also think about getting raised in a catholic orphanage in the early 1900s like we've heard stories about what those places were. i was just trying to figure out what made them and seven years of isolation only talking to each other being living maids that's so crazy and they're obviously messed up like Mm -hmm. there's more to it than just of course that right yep So um, once the sisters were satisfied with the attack, they locked all of the doors in the house and they went up to their room um, preparing to go to sleep and took a candle for light because the electricity was out. And so that was the light that he saw flickering in the window. Just didn't even run away. No, they went upstairs, locked themselves in their room and turned down for night time. Oh my gosh. So the cops, when they came in, obviously now that I've... said what they did to the bodies they could not fathom the bloody mess that they saw in front of them upon entering the house they found leone's eyeballs in her scarf that was around her neck so they had fallen out and landed in her scarf and then one of genevieve's was under the mother's body while the other one was laying on the staircase it had flown all the way up to the staircase that's that's how brutally they tore those things out of their face. That's just like, I can't even comprehend that. Yeah. And it feels like to me, it was pre, like they had talked about doing this because 
they were just attacked. They were just basically wrestling. And then she screams to Leah, tear her eyeballs out. And Leah does it. Almost like before they talked about, oh, I want to kill, kill them, them so bad. I want to hurt do them. This. Uh-huh. I would tear their eye. Yeah. So also because I think that tearing someone's eyeballs out is like uh, aggressive. Horrible. That's you know? so aggressive. So yeah. I'm like, I feel like that hadn't been talked about before. Yeah. So Renee, the dad, told the police to rush up to the maid's room at once because he was worried that they had come upon the same person who had attacked them had probably attacked the maids as well. Mm-hmm. And he's worried that they've met the same fate, you know. And so they go up and they hear whispers in the room. And so they knock and no one answers. And so they bust open the door yep. to the girl's bedroom and they find Christine and Leah. There was two beds. It was two twin beds for them oh, in the room. No. They find Christine and Leah cuddling together in one of the twin beds completely naked. Oh. They're just holding each other completely naked in the bed. And there was a candle burning in the room. And then they also brought the hammer up and put it on the chair. And, like, the hammer still had, like, pieces of scalp. Like, it was completely bloody. Oh, they're They cleaned off every other murder weapon. They cleaned off the knife. They cleaned off everything. But they kept the hammer and put it up and, like, sat it up on the chair in the room. They're not okay. No. No. Oh, my gosh. So the Pappen sisters immediately admit to the crime. Completely calm. Like, unfazed. The cops are like, what happened? And they're like, yeah, we did that. Yeah, we did it. And they claim it was self-defense. And the cops are like, okay, but you gauged their eyeballs out. Like, you didn't just kill them. Like, you you overkilled them. Mm -hmm. So the case obviously spreads like wildfire through the town, right? And everyone knew about it. And everyone had an opinion about the case. Although people could admit that what had happened was completely wrong. They also seemed to have empathy for the sisters because at this point, maids and and all that stuff was kind of under like Mm, scrutiny, scrutiny. And so they they said that and even intellectuals even wrote about it, like these really famous people wrote about it and said that this was a crime of class struggle and that people thought that this was the lower working class rising up against the, the masters wow so that like almost like people started to say they deserve it because we shouldn't have servants and we shouldn't be treating people like this and like this overpower of dominance yeah. should, which it shouldn't interesting it shouldn't be happening i uh-huh. mean they were getting paid yeah they were getting paid it's a job but i mean they were also getting abused mm. yep and so they and i mean they were well-treated servants yeah and so imagine how the other servants in the town were being treated i just still can't believe that they gauge their eyeballs out. <laughs> I know like, you should see Garrett's face, you guys. He's still in like just, just stunned. I'm, I'm usually I feel like I'm pretty quiet until all the crazy stuff. This yeah. stuff starts happening. I'm just like, oh my gosh! I know. Like it's, really? I just like that's nuts. I can't even f- fathom. Yeah. Anyways, that is that's just crazy. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, there's people that are like good for these girls for like rising up against the man like they started a revolt or almost but like it wasn't like everyone in the town was doing it but people wrote saying that's what had happened in this case so and this case is actually still used and taught about in schools for this exact reason of like when you treat people like this this is what what happens. happens yeah well maybe I mean, maybe a lot of it did have to do with the I fact mean, that they I were think so. sick of being made. Maybe there's more to it, yeah, right? Yeah, and I just... think I think so. I mean, I think seven years of not e- someone only talk, only having the respect to talk to you through a piece of paper, self isolation, self isolation, and then also she's being rude. Then she started abusing them. Yep. Like there were times where she said like they would miss a piece while they were dusting, and she would grab the back of their heads and like shove them on the ground and be like, "Pick this up, do yeah, this," well, you know. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense then. I'm um, okay. No, oh, gauging someone's eyeballs out does not make sense. <laughs> but it makes but sense why, why p- the scholars were writing about it and everything, Correct. right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, um, a lot of people think that the girls were just driven to insanity after taking orders for that many years yeah, and mean, being that, treated like that. Right? That's what it was. It was yeah. straight insanity. Yeah. So the rumors also start to fly when the details get out that the girls were found naked in bed together, oh. and I forgot about that. Everyone kind of already thought that their relationship was strange, you know, when they would go out to run errands in the town for the family. Um, But this really confirmed their suspicions. People really thought that the girls were having an incestuous relationship. I'm I'm sure they actually probably were. I mean, I can't make 
assumptions, mm-hmm. but yeah. if they were cuddling naked in bed, that's what it would seem like. Yeah. But we could be wrong. So so the Pappen sisters were separated immediately after the arrest. And from the beginning, Christine did not handle that well. She didn't care that they were arrested. She didn't care that she had just gave, completely destroyed someone. She cared that they were separating her from her little sister, Leah. Mm. And so she went into severe depression. She would have fits and tantrums all the time after they had arrested her. Okay. And like in the, like while they were interviewing her, while they were holding her, gathering evidence, like the whole process, she was a mess. Okay. Um, And when the cops finally did allow the girls to see each other, hoping that it would help Christine because it had gotten really bad. Her tantrums had gotten really bad. The girls ran to each other in the room and then Christine started taking off Leah's blouse and then they had a conversation while that was happening and this basically confirmed that they were having a sexual relationship. Wow. The conversation that they had when they met. Okay, okay. Because everyone was in the room, it wasn't in private mm-hmm. and it was insane. Like it, it was erratic behavior. Like yeah. they weren't even hiding it. Wow. So Christine and Leah protected each other from the beginning, both taking sole blame for the crime, saying, no, she didn't do any of it. I did it all and vice versa. And the girls were appointed lawyers who immediately claimed the insanity defense. Um, The girls had multiple relatives who were institutionalized, who had suffered from mental illness. One of their uncles had tragically taken his life. Mental illness was a big thing in their bloodline is what I'm trying to say. And the, the like the defense used this. And the prosecution combated this by putting up three medical experts who claimed that they had evaluated the Pappen sisters and that they were sane of mind, saying that their crimes were overkill and that they cleaned up, locked the doors, you know, hid in their room. I'm just going to say in the 1900s, I'm not quite sure how accurate the evaluations, the psych evaluations were, especially if people were out to get people. So Mm -hmm. I, I personally don't think they were of sane mind. No, I doesn't. So I'm, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I I think something was obviously wrong. I I think maybe they knew what they were doing was wrong, but uh, something was not right in their minds. It's hard though too because they obviously just because they claimed insanity doesn't mean they should be in some it, public eye because or it doesn't mean that they don't deserve what you know, uh-huh. some time in um, a hospital or stuff like that. You know, somewhere where they can't do this. Do again. this again. So this ultimately swayed the jury, the medical examiners did, and it only took the jury 40 minutes to convict the sisters guilty. Wow. Back then, that was pretty common. There was no like, oh, okay. you know, long trials and all that stuff. So Leah got 10 years, the little sister. She got 10 years because authorities believed that she was in a submissive, dominant relationship with Christine and that she wouldn't have done it without her. Mm. She was 15. And Christine originally was sentenced to death by guillotine, being scheduled to be put to death in the public square in the town in front of everyone because it's the 1900s. I guess I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. When I was looking at pictures of this, Uh, like it's sometimes hard for me to picture what was going on during the 1900s. You know, like it's hard to put yourself back and say, well, what was going on? And I was looking at the way they were dressed and they wore like the big like headpieces and their dresses were really like poofy on the bottom and they had like three layers of dresses on you know and like the lace-up boots so then it it was really back to oh wow we were this was a while ago yeah like whoa so she was put to death by guillotine that's crazy oh okay keep going sentence to (laughs) so not soon after the court changes christine's sentence to life in prison okay i think that her behavior started to get erratic again. And I think they couldn't justify the fact that she was insane mind. Got it. Like, I think they were like, kind of like, we kind of think this girl's She's insane. Crazy. We're not going to take away it, but we're just going to make it life in prison instead of killing her, which just goes to show you once again, that it was just kind of a quick trial, not much thinking to it and stuff. Yeah. So because they got separated again, after they were convicted, Christine started to have violent fits again. She became so outraged one day that she tried to dig her own eyeballs out of her head with her fingers, causing severe damage and subsequently was put into a straitjacket. So she's lost it. Yeah, she's she's crazy. And she and it was it wasn't because she was put to death by guillotine. It wasn't because she was life in prison because she had killed. It was strictly because she could not cope being away from her sister. 
Wow. That was all it was. She wrote in, begged, please let me be with my sister. Please let me see Leah. Please. And they wouldn't. Like there was an unhealthy. Relationship. Yes. And so she um, refused to eat and she just dived into this deep depression. Yeah. So they freaked out a little because I'm sure they, you didn't see this all the time. And so they transferred her from prison to a mental hospital due to the conditions. And at the hospital, she continued to refuse to eat. And I think nowadays they would use tubes to probably force feed, Mm -hmm. but they didn't have that. And so she eventually died on May 18th, 1937 due to literally wasting away. Starvation. Mm -hmm. She literally just didn't eat until she died. Yeah. Which is hard. Yeah. So Leah, her other sister, actually did pretty well. She served eight of her 10 years and then was released, and she claimed a new identity upon release and went back to being a maid. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. And she lived for when she died? It said that she died in 1982, but a producer who was making a movie on this pretty recently um, claims that he found a woman who he actually believed to be Leah but she had had a stroke and was unable to speak. And that woman died in 2001. So no one actually knows. That's interesting. I, mean, think, I don't think like, okay, 1982, I feel like the record should have been better. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you would have think 1982 they would have some better records. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. So we actually don't know when she died. And I mean, okay, if the woman had a stroke and couldn't talk. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. That's really hard. So... Doctors now have done their best to try to go back and help diagnose the sisters to explain this horrible situation, right? Like they don't think it was the doctors were had tried very hard in the past. They don't think the situation was taken care of very well. And so they have gone back now, studied and said, you know, this is what we think was going on. So they have concurred that Christine appeared to suffer from paranoid schizophrenia. Um, sadly, in the 1930s, there was very little acknowledgement about this and so especially for the lower working class and so and there wasn't enough research to help those who were suffering with this back then so it would have just gone untreated and like oh no she's fine yeah even though something was obviously wrong and then doctors believe that leah showed actually no signs of diagnosed mental illness she was just shy and she had a rough upbringing and she suffered from panic attacks um they believe that Leah lost her personality after spending seven years alone with Christine. She was yep. an, imper- an impressionable person and making her a slave to Christine, basically. Yeah, like, that's what it so like. they actually call this, they have, they like have diagnosis and it's called shared paranoid disorder. And what happened is Leah attached her personality to Christine, making them share a personality. Got so it. they were no longer two people. They were one person. Well, like in kind, their heads kind of like what the police thought with this whole abusive relationship yes and uh-huh. so um basically if leah had not been around christine for seven years alone only talking to her she would have never done it like she would have been completely fine she was completely fine after it was just that she had a she had been completely dominated and taken she, over she completely lost herself uh-huh. yeah so i just wanted to Okay, so that's the end of the story. That's the Pappen sisters. Yeah. But I did want to talk about something. So I think that they had a sexual relationship. I mean, it was never like confirmed, but everyone back then said that they think they did. Mm -hmm. And I do as well. Only because when you spend seven years with someone and one's 21 and one's 15, if the 20, and because of the weird, you know, shared paranoid disorder they were having, I think it is very probable that that was happening. I I mean, obviously I can't say for sure, but I I would say that yes. they probably did, yeah. Um and then I also wanted to bring into that that the Catholic orphanage makes me feel even more that that's true. But everyone also said that they thrived and did really well in the Catholic orphanage. As in they they followed and wanted to become nuns. I oh, think I that when saying. you when they have the rough upbringing and then they go someplace like that to the total opposite extreme where there was probably physical abuse going on, definitely in the Catholic orphanage, like they were definitely punishing them physically. Mm-hmm. And then you have this, I want to be a nun. She didn't even, she, you had to take vows to become yeah. a nun. Yep. And then you're pulled out of that and stuck together with someone for seven years and you're already a little messed up. 
like I think that gets to you like the like I just think that that is a perfect combo what did the mom say about these murders I don't know. They did never, you say? They never said. I wonder if she just pretended it like she didn't know them. It actually said that Leah, when she got out of prison, moved back in with her mom. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, mental illness is a big part of this case. It's talked about the whole way through from multiple sides. Uh-huh. And I just want to remind everyone that it's okay to get help and that it's something that they didn't do a very good job addressing back then, but is very addressed now. Yeah. And we're very, you know, we're more aware of that the brain is stronger than we think it is. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to address that too. Yeah. But yeah, that's the Pappen sisters. Wow. That's a, that was a pretty crazy one. That one's kind of tragic for me. Yeah. It is kind of because I, you know, something was wrong, but I, I really do feel like, Man, it all, was a recipe these stories for disaster. With cooking body parts and eyeballs just <laughs> so isn't it weird that mind. it gets to that? Yeah, because at that, that point, far. at that point, I don't feel like it's. I feel like it's something within. It's not something that they were just trying to get revenge. I feel like they had just gotten so lost mm-hmm. after seven years. They had gone so deep down within themselves, had turned so inward that they didn't have a sense of reality. There's this, yeah. Yeah, there's just so much to the brain and so many unknowns still that I think we just can't I comprehend know. still. It's that's crazy. But yeah. Crazy. No, it's a good one. Yeah, that Well, it's well, a bad one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean Well, Peyton and I are going to go eat some food. <laughs> yeah, we're starving. But hopefully that this sounds a little better. We put it up in one of the we put it up in my little office. Yeah. So hopefully there's not too much of an echo. Again, we'll be here next Sunday. Yep. Well, Peyton will be here (laughs) telling another story. I'll be here too, listening. Remember that if you want to hear a story from my point of view or you want us to cover something, DM us. I mean, I will cover anything that you guys are wanting to hear. So shoot us a DM. Uh, Follow us on all of our social medias. They are linked in the episode notes as well as all of the sources for this story are linked. And yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from you guys. I love it. And I hate it. Goodbye. by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.